Hi, my name is JC. And my name is Juan. Welcome to The Couch, a podcast where real therapists talk about real things. Please remember that we are therapists, but we are not your therapists. And this podcast is intended for educational purposes only. Hmm. Educational purposes. We are in episode four, cuatro, of season two. And in this episode, you and I are going to go into kind of continuing that process of the the structure of the season, right? So the season focusing a lot on relationships. So for, for this episode, we're going to dive in um, and, and not, you know, for um, just for clarity, not an extensive amount where you're going to get everything here, but I think enough where you're going to be able to pull away some key points, maybe some pointers that you could um, potentially apply or work with a counselor near you and apply with them focused on a foundation to quote unquote here, a happy, long lasting marriage. That's the goal anyway, right? Those beautiful, happy, long lasting marriages and something that we would like for you to keep in mind as we're recording this podcast is if you don't hear the exact structure of your marriage or the exact structure of your relationship, while we talk about those prescriptives of a happy romantic relationship, it does not mean that the way that you and your partner are doing life is invalid. We're just using a very brief and broad overview for some things that contribute to overall happiness. Just want to put that disclaimer in there. Yeah, no, no, I'm glad you did. You know, that's that's a that's a great place, you know, good a place as any to start when it comes to this, you know, this foundation. And we're using the word marriage, but it could be different for you. You know, you've got your relationship with significant other, um, whether that's singular or plural, and, and really it's your space, right? Your space that we're here for the podcast just for purposes, I'm not jumping around to using a lot of different um, terms to highlight one similar area, we'll stick to whether it's relationship or marriage. I, I like to look at it as, and this may be a bit odd, I like to look at it as whether you're playing a board game or you're playing a sport, right? Hmm. So when you think about a board game, you know that there's rules, there's structure. Same goes when you're playing a sport, you know, certain amount of players in the field for baseball. We know what happens mm-hmm. when someone hits it over the fence or it was a foul ball. You know, we know a certain amount of pitches leads to a strikeout. And what, what that mentality, that mindset does is in connection here to a long, happy, long-lasting marriage is it, it gives you a little bit of space to think about your foundation and does it have those rules? Does it have that structure? When, when there's a lack of structure, it, it can create you know hurdles. It can create uh, challenges and, and barriers. A simple example of that would be if you're in a relationship and maybe from your end, you feel that there's this expectation that you are maybe maybe you're going to be the provider and mm-hmm. and your partner on the other hand you know for years you've both been arguing a lot about that you know they they want to be more independent they they want to they want to work they want to put you know the hustle out there mm-hmm. so this you know you're, you're bumping heads on it and sometimes it may be due to did you skip over that process did you skip over sitting down and looking at 
what are the rules here? What's the structure here? What are the expectations? So that you both know um, what, what that role looks like within this space. And it's, it's, it's an ever-changing space. But at least to some degree, we want to know it early on. Yeah, absolutely. And something that you'd mentioned specifically was like the rules of engagement, if you would, or like the rules of a relationship. And I think that oftentimes people use the relationships that they've seen as the guideline and the litmus. And the Mm. reality is that not everybody had access to healthy looking relationships or healthy relationships growing up. So when they do start to struggle in their marriage, they start to see it as a personal failing. I am incapable of having a healthy relationship. And something that can contribute to those healthy and long lasting relationships is recognizing that you're not going to be good at something you've never done before. And recognizing that relationship health is very subjective yeah you have to be willing to understand the subjectivity of relationships generally especially with something like marriage it's defined in like a couple of different spaces so let's define it in the legal sense you know holy matrimony the church sense or the religious sense it can be a business arrangement for some people it can be it can be all sorts of stuff and it's up to you to decide how that looks yeah no that's that's wonderful and i think what it does is when you're building this foundation it gives you it gives you this aha moment to kind of to kind of look at ownership and think about okay i'm starting to understand what the rules and what the expectations are and i do agree with what you said i think a lot of times we go into a relationship and, you know, you, you look at and you're like, okay, why do I date this way? Why do I date my spouse this way? Or, or, or why do I expect blank? And it may come mm-hmm. from those um, uh, childhood experiences. You know, maybe you saw your parents and that's how they behaved with each other. So it, mm-hmm. it's really important to kind of slow down and redefine that space and think about, you know, what do you want to create? What do you want to create with your partner? What do those roles look like Um, within this space too? And and this, I think there's different pioneers here that coined this work. When we're looking at creating a healthy and and lasting marriage, it's important to look at that term happy and and really think about, think about it from uh, like a spider web diagram. You put happy in the middle stick out little lines. Maybe you've got fulfillment, excitement, curiosity, uh, passion, uh, adventure, all all of these little items on there that are really important to you. So see how you can implement that within that foundation, within those layers. Mm. Defining your own happiness is something I think that people get afraid to do. when it comes to marriage or relationships in general, Mm -hmm, I think, you know, we have a, we have such a, uh, such a static view of what happiness in a relationship looks like. And it can be the, honestly, it can be like the determining factor in whether or not you're able to sustain 
something I think about a lot is whether or not people are able to, um, whether or not people are able to understand the roles of their partnership or the roles in their relationship, mm-hmm. you know, uh, is your, Oh, my partner is my best friend. Beautiful. Wonderful. But what happens if they're not, what happens yeah. if you're, if you have another best friend already, what happens if there's somebody else who gets to take that type of role in your life? Does it mean that you're not happy with your partner or does it just mean that you have a different type of friendship? Yeah. That's, that's a wonderful point there looking at, <clears throat> um, you know, the foundation of a happy, long lasting marriage. It's, it's extremely vital that ample amount of that work is on an individual level. You know, that you look at ownership. It's a wonderful book, I believe, by a, a Navy SEAL that I think is titled Ownership. And it really just speaks a lot of, t- you know, taking that position of empowerment and looking at, all right, if I want, and I'm raising my hand, I'm saying I want a healthy, long-lasting relationship without any of my partner's help, what can I do on my own? Mm-hmm. And and that's where it goes into, you know, I think a lot of that that you're sharing, where it's okay, my partner can't be everything for me. Um, and, and, you know, how can I still give love, maybe during moments of turbulence? You know, mm-hmm. how can I work on myself, my mental health, my self care? And, and a lot of that, what it does is, it's like this really beautiful gift you give your partner, because they're able to see that, you know, you're okay. That, you know, you're able to self-sustain. And that takes a lot of pressure off of them. Mm-hmm. Knowing that you can, you know, move yourself and maneuver yourself through different situations. Just as a quick little plug here, there's another book I read years ago when I first got into um, working with couples. Um, this one, I'm forgetting the title. But it, it spoke a lot on, which to a degree, <laughs> I'm not sure how accurate this is. It reminded me of the <clears throat> of, our, of our clinical journey, JC, as counselors. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you remember they're in grad school. It's it's pretty pushed upon us to do a lot of individual work, right? Like try to get to your whole self. Definitely. Don't don't work with a patient if you feel that you've got a bunch of things going on. And and I think to a degree that's extremely challenging because life is going to keep throwing curveballs at you. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you wait forever, you know, you may not work with anybody. Um, But we get in the big picture, you know, if you definitely got something heavy, deal with that before you move forward. So this book, what it did was it, um, it really pushed this notion of, you know, before you enter that stage of your relationship, you know, maybe the stage of like seriously dating where it's marriage, if we're using that term, Mm -hmm. ensure that you've worked on yourself, that you're, you're, you're going into this relationship knowing that you're contributing versus taking, Mm. right? You're going into the relationship with the mindset of, and I'm here to, if I'm a highlighter, highlight my partner versus I'm going in because I'm lacking, you know, I'm, I'm lacking maybe someone that can, that can validate me, that can, you know, push me to, you know, deal with this and that. When in reality, those are items that you on, on your own or maybe through some support want to address. I really love the way that you phrased that and something that I have talked about multiple times with clients quite literally all across the developmental space, like teens and adults and even like people who are in their older adult years is what the purpose 
of a relationship is and that relationships are not utilitarian, like they're not tools to use. In order to go into a relationship, putting your best foot forward, I think it's really important that you consider why you want to be in a relationship and also what you want to share in a relationship. If you go into this relationship with the expectation that this person's going to make you whole, the expectation that this person is going to fix all of your problems, you are already setting yourself up for failure because that's not the purpose of relationships that are not like transactional in nature or relationships that are built on this foundation of like codependency. I need this person to make me feel better. Oh, this person inspires me to do better. They can inspire you. Yes, but you have to have some sort of self-motivation. And in the space of marriage, it can be really difficult to admit when there are things that you need to work on on your own because we see marriage in a lot of cases as this space in which you are not allowed to do things by yourself. It's exclusionary. It's disrespectful to your partner. And the reality of the situation is that there are going to be things you have to do by yourself. And when you step into a long-term committed relationship with that understanding, you give yourself and your partner so much space and grace to grow with one another and not just growing for the sake of each other. And I mm. think that's really hard to conceptualize for some people. It is, yeah. yeah you you kind of have to just take a moment and pause and and really think about, you know, what's what's happening in this space. I, I think maybe adding to it, right? Adding to going into a relationship where you're contributing, going into a relationship where you're thinking about your role. I find that it's really helpful when we're trying to create this happy, long-lasting marriage. A component of it is making it, you know, really, um, you know, mandating, mandating, you know, I'm putting a strong word on there, that mm -hmm. it's a space where you continue to find yourself, you know, versus losing yourself. And I, I used to, I used the word continuing to find yourself um, because that, that's life, right? We, we have new experiences you know, year after year. And as we have these experiences, we learn more about our individual self and our collective self. So if you're, if you're in this relationship, you kind of close your eyes and you think about a space where you get to learn more about who you are. You get to be curious. You get to enjoy your growth and, and have this person that, you know, applauds it and, and loves that versus a space where you're, you know, you're in it for whether it's months or years and then you look in the mirror and you no longer know who this person is. You're very disconnected mm -hmm. from that, that version of you that once made you smile. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, you can, you can conceptualize that and really think on it. And I think for most as they hear that, we lean towards the direction of, okay, I, want to, I, I definitely don't want to be in a space where I lose myself. As you were, as you're talking about this concept of like losing yourself, I think of Eminem. The, <laughs> you gotta lose yourself <laughs> on the low. Only, only a little bit did I think of Eminem, but I also think of um, like the unfulfillment that people kind of associate with marriage sometimes. Um, the idea of marriage being a duty 
or a chore. And I wonder, this is kind of like just a secondary question for you. I know that a lot of your work involves couples. And I wonder, how do you navigate those cultural messages of like marriage is a duty or marriage is forever? And even if you're not having a good time, you just have to stay married. And that's just the end of the story. How do you how do you deal with that? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a great question. And, and it ties in here. <clears throat> I use the term cultural humility. So if mm-hmm. listeners, if you're not familiar with that, it's where in a very basic way, you hold humility, like you allow yourself to remove bias and judgment. And, and you're sitting down with somebody and you say, tell me about you, you know, teach me who you are. So in a cultural context, if, if me, you know, Juan, uh, Latino, male, um, brown, I'm sitting across somebody, I may, I may ask them, you know, what is it like for you to work with a male? What is it like for you to work with a um, Latino male, immigrant male, right? Those, those kind of questions. And I'm trying to learn. So I take a very similar approach when working with couples and trying to identify, you know, what is it that you're looking for here? Like, what is your version of a successful relationship? And, and often that conversation ties right back to like this individual level, which is quite beautiful, where, you know, a person's able to come back almost like to, the, to their soul and they think about these, these are just statements that, you know, may hear, they go, well, I, I want to be seen. And, you know, I just, I just want somebody to take time out of their day to ask me how I'm doing. And, you mm-hmm. know, I don't, I don't need all, I don't need to know exactly where this person is and all, you know, hours of the day, you know, but, but check in on me, you know, maybe ask me how I'm doing. And you start to kind of decipher through those words and you're learning that, you know, the person wants to be seen, they want to be heard, they want to feel that they're contributing to something, they want to be part of a team, and and they're defining it, which gives it, you know, so much more power, um, it empowers that individual as they're defining it, and I think for them, they're then able to vocalize that to one another, and then it becomes this dance of, you know, here's what I'm highlighting, here's what you're highlighting, how can we come together in that, and you know, when, when they're doing it and it's effective, it's, it's harmony. Uh, sometimes, of course, you know, we can we can hold our pain in, in a manner that, um, that that restricts us and blocks us from from dancing. So, mm. so that's definitely a, a challenge there. And if I'll go on a quick side note here, it takes me to the, the next area that I think is really important in, in relationships. And it's the ability for couples to become experts and i use that word not lightly experts at repairing their relationship mm-hmm. you know there's there's some research connected to uh Gottman, which is um there's there's a lot of different um mental health clinicians psychologists therapists that you know do research in different areas so you know his and his wife are um, in that area um doing work and they highlight um I think it was like 68 or 69, somewhere around that percentage problems are perpetual whether they're not solved, you know, maybe personality differences, things like that. And, mm-hmm. and that's always been fascinating to me from the context of, you know, you're in a successful relationship yet you're raising your hand and you're saying, yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of problems we haven't solved. Right. It's, it's quite fascinating mm-hmm. to know that you can be in a, your definition, healthy, successful relationship. And there's many problems you haven't solved, many issues you haven't solved. 
and as a fun activity, you know, if you're listening to this and you're in a relationship, think about that. Think about how many problems, issues in your relationship that did not reach a solution, right? Mm. And, and I bet there's a good amount that did not reach a solution. <clears throat> and what I pulled from that is that when, when couples be, get really great at repairs, they're not necessarily looking to solve an issue. They're, they're more looking for this like really human, humanistic um, space of, I just want you to listen to me. Mm-hmm. I just want you to take, you know, give me energy. And, and it takes me to the next term, which is really important here, and it's time. You know, time is something that we, it's hard to put a number on it. You know, it's one mm-hmm. of those variables that, you know, as soon as it's gone, it's gone. So when couples get really great at repairs and addressing these issues, that, that means that they're able to give each other time and and talk and listen and validate and empathize and highlight compassion and respect. And, and having that skill, you know, once again, becoming experts at repairs, that's a element that you, you know, I strongly encourage you to have in your relationship and would be great at it. Mm, I think that concept of repairing a relationship kind of scares people because there's kind of a finality that conflict has in relationships that a lot of people aren't aren't willing to uh, acknowledge. And I think in marriage, it's doubly so that because people see conflict in a marriage as failure, right? Like people see it as oh, well, we're just, we're just not good at this. We're not good enough. We're not doing enough to like make each other happy, to make things better, to work better for one another. And I think that kind of, you know, cha-cha slides back to the point of like, you know, marriage tends to be, not tends to be, that is uh, not correct, but marriage can sometimes be something that people see as a duty. And it kind of sucks the joy out of what this union could be. And knowing that you can make all the repairs in the world and some problems won't get fixed. That sounds more discouraging than it actually is, I think. Yeah, yeah. Right. So you, you know, you you think about that and you go, okay, so here's a relationship and there's going to be problems that we don't solve. And that sounds and it feels discouraging. So you kind of go into a deeper layer and you think about, well, what are the problems? How significant are they? And and you and typically you'll find that there's like this deviation between the ones that are really significant and the ones that have more to do with an issue, but beneath the issue, right? Beneath the iceberg. It, what we're really talking about is I want more time together. Mm-hmm. What we're really talking about is, you know, I, I, I want to um, go shopping, you know, for the kids together. Mm-hmm. So there's typically something beneath that layer. And the issue itself is just that loudness that's creating chaos. But beneath the chaos, that's the elements of connection that sometimes people have a hard time getting to. So that, that takes us to another pillar of a healthy relationship. And it's knowing um, kind of highlighting that again, knowing that not all, the, all not not all problems um, are, are going to be solved, and being able to communicate, which is a sometimes such a 
I think in the area that it's like, well, I know how to communicate. Communicating right now. <laughs> and it's, it's like, um, are you communicating? Or are you yelling at each other? Like, yeah, what's it, really it, going on? Exactly. And, you know, I think if I if I didn't have this job, you know, this career, there's there's a lot of messages growing up as a kid where you know it's like, okay, I'm communicating. You know, words are coming out of my mouth. Is that a mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, who was that? Chris Rock. Yeah, do you hear the words that are coming out of yeah. my mouth? I think so, it is. Yeah, it is. so I was, I was definitely doing that. And I think like, um, you know, most skills, whether it's communication or karate, there's there's a lot of hidden elements within it. So, <laughs> you know, becoming an expert at trying to be open to this process of learning how to communicate. And, and that means that you may not be an expert right away. But allow yourself to try. And try means that you you listen. You 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 speak in a manner where you want to be heard. Speak in a manner that you want to be heard. That that's probably a sermon. That's probably a sermon somewhere with somebody. You know, I, I those are some of my favorite words. I tell my kids that and sometimes they'll they'll repeat it before I even say it. Oh, what, they'll say, yeah, they'll like, <laughs> we'll be arguing and you'll be like, hey. Yep, and then they'll jump in. They'll be like, mm. it's either that or they'll 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 hear me. Another one that I say at home a lot is comparison is the thief of joy. And they'll go, I know, comparison is the thief of joy. No, shut your <laughs> mouth. <laughs> Listen, having a therapist for a parent might be like the best and worst thing in the world. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Possibly. I certainly agree with that. <laughs> Maybe. We'll, we'll we'll interview the kids next episode and see how they feel about it. See how um, that goes. Yeah. But, you know, as we're talking about marriage, I think it could be uh, something that people can be getting bogged down with is we're talking about the hard work, right? We're talking about how difficult it can be to keep, maintain, sustain, repair, a happy, long-lasting relationship. Um, but I I kind of want to scoot us over to highlighting the possibilities inside of a marriage and the possibilities that you get to share with somebody else. Ultimately, the main goal in any relationship that you have, familial, romantic, platonic, workplace, friendships, any of those things, it should be for it to be comfortable, happy, enjoyable, and as long as you are willing to put in the work to get that out, you know, you you can only get out what you put in, right? Much like a bank account. Mm. And I don't want people listening to this be like, "Damn, y'all don't make it sound fun <laughs> to be in a to be in a long-lasting relationship." I promise that it is. What we're trying to do as we tell you about the things that are foundational to happy relationships and specifically happy marriages is we're encouraging you to take an inventory of what you see in your relationships now, an inventory of what you see in your marriage today and see how those things line up. When's the last time you had a conversation with your spouse about the values that you share? When's the last time you had a conversation with your spouse about the things that you enjoy about one another that Mm. uh, I think you called it that culture of curiosity, 
getting to know somebody regardless of how long you guys have been together. Yeah. That that's the fun stuff, right? You can learn something new and wonderful every day about your partner if you pay attention, if you're willing to have those conversations. It simply it only stands to add more to your relationship. Yeah. And I mean, you know, that's wonderful place there to close up, you know, for today. With it, I'll add two cents. Mm -hmm. There's a quote on this, right? When you look at things worth fighting for. Mm. You know, so kind of kind of keeping keeping that in mind. Uh, it's also very rare that you find yourself in a space uh, that it's worth to squeeze, but it comes, you know, easy. There's, there's lots of good quotes, you know, boy, Steve Harvey. Yeah, the juice being worth the squeeze. Yeah, that I one. Is the quote. That's a, that's a good one there. Or uh, what, what does Steve Harvey say? If you're if you're uncomfortable, that means you're growing, something like that. Is that what Steve Harvey says? Because I'm more used to him saying survey says a la Family Feud. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I used, I I used to I say, Steve Harvey back in the day when he had hair, I would always go, man, that hairline is just perfect. Oh my God, not the hairline. Is that what you aspire to in your older ages? That's what I aspire to in my older age. Yeah. <laughs> I love this for you. Now, let me tell you something. If I see you walk into the office with the Steve Harvey hairline, I will have to leave for the day because I will be inconsolable just to remind you. That's understandable. Just to That's let understandable. you know. <laughs> Not as understandable. All right, so let's see. Let's give people their uh, personal growth challenge. You want to go first or second? Um, I'll go second this time. Okay. So with this topic of a foundation, a long-lasting uh, marriage, here's a growth challenge. Let me let me think on it just for a second because you know there's, there's so many areas here you could really touch on. But we'll keep it very simple. Try to have this um, daily ritual that you do, daily act that you do, where you're you're trying to give your partner and give yourself acts of kindness, and you're shooting for a high number, like five, ten, fifteen, or more, and it's consistent. You know, every day you're doing five, ten, fifteen things kind to yourself. And then you're tossing some of those to your partner. That's it. That's very cute. That's very, that's very good. My personal growth challenge is for those of us who are aspiring to marriage. So maybe you're in a long-term relationship. Maybe you're engaged. If you are aspiring to marriage, I would like for you to do a little bit of future journaling and write a letter to yourself as a spouse. What sort of things do you want to embody? What sort of things do you want to uh, prepare for in the future? And what sort of things do you want to contribute to your relationship in the future or in your marriage rather? Mm, I like that. And let's see, coming up for next episode, we are going to go into, which again touches on this topic of relationships, uh, but it's a self-love you know, focused on building that key relationship with yourself, which is uh, not not always as easy as it's thrown out there on TikTok and 
all those other videos. You know, that's, ooh, what a, what a doozy. It's going to be a fun time. Looking forward to it. All right, y'all have a great rest of the day. We will catch you next time. See ya.